Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. The Lamborghini Super Trofeo. On IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Well, hello everybody and welcome along to what is going to be a very, very busy weekend here at Road America. America's National Park of Speed, covered of course by our team here at IMSA Radio. Kicking things off is the Lamborghini Super Trofeo. We've got perfect conditions and a 40-40 minute practice session. Uh, joining us in the booth to make sure that you have all of the information that you need for your enjoyment, for your added enjoyment of this session is Jeremy Shaw. But first, good morning to Brian Till. Good morning, John. And it is a spectacular morning. Nice and cool. And you said it, the track should be Awesome. Maybe a little cool as far as the temperature of the racetrack. So take a few laps to get these tires up to temperature, but the air should be perfect for these engines, and we should see great speeds, Jeremy. Uh, indeed. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's picture perfect here this weekend uh, at the moment, at least. I think it's supposed to it's supposed remain this to, way all the way through. This way all weekend long. Pretty much so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a gorgeous temperature right now. It's probably, what, 60s maybe, low 60s, mid-60s, and absolutely perfect. And, and uh, you and I are just as good at forecasting weather as yeah. the weather forecasters are, <laughs> so we, we might as well say that it's going to be beautiful all weekend long. Well, from our vantage point here, we're looking out onto, onto the uh, – start finish line basically we can see the the flag is there we can see the pit lane in front of us and we're also looking in the d- direction for which the weather the prevailing conditions generally come from and and it looks uh, absolutely right just just right right now you know this is always a great place to come isn't it road america it's one of the the, the classic racetracks in not only in north america but really the world and all of the drivers who are here as well feel the same way this is for for just about everybody involved in this series uh, the most or almost the most uh, popular venue of the entire calendar and you know we we're, we're lucky enough here with the IMSA Weather Championship Sports Car Championship and the associated IMSA series including IMSA Lamborghini Super Trofeo to go some absolutely wonderful places and this is uh, certainly one of the best well you think about it and the last racetrack where the Lamborghinis ran and raced was at Watkins Glen another one of those iconic tracks and when you think about motorsports in North America and kind of that renaissance of sports car racing back in the 50s and 60s. These were the tracks that were created. They're long, they're flowing, and it, you, you named it. You, you think about the tracks that we've run on and where these guys get to compete. You, you throw in a Watkins Glen, you think about uh, a Laguna Seca or a WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca here at Road America, and a lot of the European drivers, especially in the WeatherTech series, love coming to Road America. It's long, it's flowing, and it reminds them of some of the tracks back in Europe. They, they, they love racing in any of the IMSA series for exactly those reasons. You're absolutely right. And, and here we are right now. What's the time? It's 8.05 in the morning. And the sound of these V10 Lamborghinis screaming past here at full chat this time in the morning. Oh, it does not get any better than this, does it? Already see coaches standing up on pit wall waiting for their drivers to come by. Stopwatches in hand. Now a long lap here at four miles. So it takes some time. And these two driver pairings, 
you've got to really think about how you want to strategize who's in the car first, who's going to go out and make sure that they do that lap, get everything checked. You see some cars diving to pit road right off the bat. They want to do an install lap, make sure everything's where it needs to be, and then get out and run. But you want to think about which driver you want to start first, which driver's going to start second. You don't get a lot of laps because the laps are so long. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's that's one of the keys to this racetrack is is the fact that uh, yeah the laps are, are uh, it's 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 a long time to get around here. The lap, lap record on this racetrack for these cars uh, is uh, first of all very fast, uh, but uh, at, at 116 miles an hour, the qualifying lap record <laughs> average speed. Uh, but it's even even that is well over two minutes, two two minutes and, and five seconds, a fraction uh, below that. So. Uh, it uh, you know it's it take it takes a while. But you think about that two minutes and five seconds. It wasn't that long ago. I can remember in the early nineties. I can remember in the early nineties when the Indy cars were just tickling that yeah. two minute barrier. And to think that you know we go forward a couple of decades and now we've got sports cars cro- closing down on that two minute mark. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, particularly these aren't even prototype cars. These are ones here. But uh, yeah, it's. It's a spectacular place. I mean, the sound of those cars flying past here now is just fabulous. That V10 is just singing. I tell you, the other challenge these drivers have, we've got an early morning session today and then a 2 o'clock session later today, somewhere in that 2 o'clock hour. And then the same thing tomorrow, a session in the morning and then a race in the afternoon. Conditions very different. And as a driver, you've got to think about really trying to pick up your reference marks. And you can't use things like years ago I, I taught here at this racetrack and I was talking to a guy about where he was breaking into Canada Corner down in turn 12. And I said, so what are you using as a reference mark? He said, well, I use that, that shade mark. <laughs> and I said, really? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, 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 uh, right there to the shade. And I said, well, what are you going to do this afternoon? And there's this blank look on his face. And he kind of looked at me and I said, sundial you familiar with how that works and he was like oh my god i didn't think about that so you do have to think about those things the racetrack very shaded in places where it won't be later in the day and those little pickups that you have along the way to go oh well i'll just do that there i'll just do that there they're gone you can't use things that move you can't use shade as a reference this racetrack from a complexion from what the drivers see it's gonna be completely different this afternoon oh rookie <laughs> i tell you what talking about I, I remember exactly that my first ever race was at snetterton and i, and I did that did the practice we had practice and then the race and we had a practice session it might have been a brief test day before i can't remember now but i can't remember that part but what i do remember is going down the back straight into the into the uh, into the s's i'd picked out a little tuft of grass on the side of the racetrack uh, as my breaking point for, for, for that is it, it was it was a it was longest you know fastest part of the straight and into this uh, tight left and right uh, which was fine until i got onto the first lap of the race and i got down <laughs> to, to the my breaking point and i got i got there was, i was fourth and there were three cars ahead of me and i couldn't see my tough of grass i'm peering out of the peering out of the windscreen looking at my tough of grass and all of a sudden i realized i can't see it because there's another car on top of it <laughs> and you and you always try to preach that to to drivers and new drivers to make sure your reference points are strong like i said those (laughs) will change years ago in club racing i was racing at a old airfield in lake charles louisiana and i had a friend of mine who was racing the class with me and i was willing to help him because i didn't think he would ever be close enough to really bother so (laughs) i i helped him a little bit that weekend and we were in the race on sunday afternoon or saturday afternoon and he was 
really closing in on me at the end of the long straightaway at one of these long runways, and he was gaining on me in the braking zone every single time for about five or six laps until finally he went flying off the end of the straightaway. The same kind of thing. I, yeah. We went and walked the track later in the day, and we're talking, and we were talking about braking reference markers, and I said, man, you were stunning in the brake zone. What happened? He goes, I don't know. I mean, eventually I guess I overheated my brakes. just wouldn't slow down. I said, well, where were you braking? He goes, there's a rock. <laughs> on the side of the track down there, and I've been using that rock. And we went down there. I said, well, we're pretty close. Now where would that rock be? And he's like, oh, holy, look, it's, it's there was way up there. <laughs> and I said, well, how did it get up there? And we went walking up. It was a turtle. And it had been slowly walking down the edge of the runway all day long, and it had been walking towards the corner. And so the braking marker just continued to get closer to the corner. And Love it. Love it. Maybe that's, that's what you do with a student. You go out there and you just keep moving their braking marker down, <laughs> and they keep – <laughs> nope, break there. That's yeah. where you need to break. Anyway, the, 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 talk, <laughs> well, 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 we're on the subject of breaking markers. There's not much. Only, people have only done three laps so far, so not really fully up to speed. Brandon Godovic is quick as the can number 46. We're talking of breaking markers. I well remember it was a Formula 2 at, at uh, Rouen in um, sort of late 70s, probably. No, no, it's been 80s. It was 80s because it was, uh, was I-Elia and... You uh, know, as you and I talk about late 70s and 80s, there are people out here camping well, that weren't born then. Well, quite. But that's okay. But, and, yeah, Shay Adams standing so, here raising anyhow, her head. Okay, so the point here is uh, Rouen is a fabulous road circuit. Uh, it uses open roads. They close off, obviously, for the race weekend. And there's a cobbled hairpin at the bottom and super fast sweepers going down the side of this valley. And, uh, and one of the drivers... Who shall remain nameless? Went round the racetrack uh, during a uh, walk round the racetrack uh, the previous day before they started the official practice sessions, and with with a, a can of yellow paint marked his 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 put, you know, put little 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 marks on the side of the racetrack where or big marks actually so he could see it on the, going 150 miles an hour so he could see all his braking markers. Well, his teammates got wind of that. <laughs> And they got they got the some, and they put a whole bunch of paint all over the place. <laughs> when he got out on the racetrack on the, for the first session, he was completely messed up. It's very funny. Well, and you would expect things like that, <laughs> just as you would expect right now. Pro class cars to be up front. The number one, Andrea Michi. Hmm. Quick lap so far at a two oh six six, and those will come down as the temperature of the racetrack itself heats up. Uh, you'll find a little better grip in these Pirelli tires. So you want that nice, cool, dry air, but you want a, a slightly warm track temperature to really get the best grip. So I would imagine these drivers right now struggling with just a general overall lack of grip. If the balance of the car is okay, you know, you could feel pretty good about that if it's pretty neutral, but I would expect that there's not a massive amount of grip. You talk about this racetrack, you'll remember the Firehunt. Firehawk series from way back in the day, and I'll name two names right now. Dorsey Schrader and Terry Earwood <laughs> would go out on this racetrack in golf carts with black spray paint, and they would paint, quote, skid marks at turn-in points. Really? And, yeah, they would... And, and they would say, you know, nobody else would know what they were. They right. just thought they were skid marks, but they were nice and black and fresh Krylon skid marks that they would go paint as reference marks. And everybody on their team would use them because they knew that okay you go to this skid mark here and go to yes. that skid mark there yes <sighs> sneaky people these race days. car drivers are that's a good effort by andrea amici there the uh, the young italian driver 2065 uh, easily quickest at the moment by a second and a half over richie antonucci 
who's uh, hugely experienced in these cars, the most successful racer in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo. He's going to be sharing that number 29 change racing car with Corey Lewis this weekend. And Corey's doing double duty because he's also going to be driving in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship in another Lamborghini uh, alongside Brian Sellers in the Paul Miller Racing entry. That's the car that uh, won the championship last season. So Corey Lewis has got a, a busy weekend. Actually, he's been busy, hasn't he, for the last several weeks because he was competing at the Spa 24 Hours also yep. last weekend in, uh, and in that another was Lamborghini. some brutal weather. So I gather. Yeah, it, it, I heard that it was just a deluge for most of the weekend. I'll tell you who's impressive to me, and you talk about... Uh, spa? Shocking. Yeah, I know. Stunning, right? <laughs> it's... Uh, the guy that's impressing me, who's been busy, and we've talked about this all year long. Look at third yeah. in the order right now, Cameron Castles. He'll go solo th- on the weekend here in his AM entry, but another guy who is everywhere driving everything these days, especially go-karts with his kids. And I was talking to him. I don't even know the number of broken bones that he's had this year from racing go-karts with his kids. Had a couple of broken ribs a little bit earlier in the year, and every time I see him, I'm like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm a little sore. You know, it's, kids are getting faster. It's harder to keep up with them. Yeah, yeah, that's, that is impressive. He's third fastest, uh, comfortably quicker the AMs at the moment. In fact, he's a, he's a half a second quicker than than uh, McKay Snow, who's driving car number 63. And McKay uh, has got uh, a lot of experience uh, over the last several years. He might be young, but he's certainly been driving all sorts of different cars over the last few years. So that is a very good effort by Cameron Castles. 208.4 uh, uh, is his third fastest time at the moment. And if we look at the, the AM category, the, fast, the, the lap record in the AMs, or the race lap record of the AMs is a 207.7. So he's already... Within three quarters of a second, that is actually quicker than Connor Daly at the moment as well. I know Connor's just hopping into that car. It's number 46 car that's fourth fastest at the moment. It was Brandon Godovic who's uh, done the first five laps. He's going to hand over now to Connor Daly. Now, the intrepid Shea Adam just handed me a note. We were talking about the deluge at Spa. I think the weather's going to be better here than it was there. She just handed me this note. More of Spa was run under the safety car or red than it was under green. Only 11 hours of green out of 24 hours Ouch. there. So I feel pretty confident in saying I'm going to do my weather forecaster thing. We're, we're, we're going to be better than that this weekend. Yeah. Drink to that. You know, this racetrack, we were throwing those stories out from – you know, quote, back in the day, Jeremy, the great thing about Road America is that the racing circuit itself has not changed that much. There are some visual cues that have changed. Obviously, the area down inside the carousel now wide open, certainly more so than it was when I came here back in the late 80s, that beautiful go-kart facility that's down there. And then, obviously, with the addition of the motorcycle chicane there at the kink, that's pulled the wall way back, and it's changed the visual perception for the drivers a little bit it feels much more wide open than it used to you used to turn into the carousel and the outside wall in the carousel was about three feet from the edge of the racing surface that's obviously been pulled well back uh the safety features of the track have improved throughout the years and that's one of the great things about this facility they stayed on top of all of that making sure that it is one of the safest and one of the most competitive racetracks in North America. But it's changed that a little bit. Obviously, the General Mitchell Bridge over in Turn 13 is gone. That used to be a big signature of the racetrack replaced with that tunnel. But 
the racetrack drives very much the way it has for decades. And I think that's another reason that the drivers like it. It's it just has this personality and it's it's a known commodity. You know what you're up against every time you come here. It doesn't throw a lot of curveballs at you and it's about just getting down to business and getting it done, which is exactly what Amici is doing still the quickest car. Eric Curran now in the Pro Am category shares the sixty nine car with William Hubble. He's up to second and Certainly, Eric Curran knows his way around this racetrack. He does, and uh, he's had a lot of success in all sorts of different cars around here. So uh, uh, he uh, will be excited about racing here again. Think about how excited Paul Tracy was to help him at Watkins Glen when Eric wasn't able to be there because he was racing in the WeatherTech series. And so he wasn't able to run. So PT stepped in with William Hubble at Watkins Glen and I think, Paul was funny because he got out of the car after practice one day, and he goes, man, it's hot in there. It's really hot. I was talking to Bruno Giancara, and Bruno said, you know, Paul and I both enjoy life. I think he enjoys it differently than I do, and he kind of rubbed his belly a little bit and said, you know, this is a a pretty small car for for PT to be in, but Paul loved it, and he said he was impressed with how technical it was and how it did everything right like a race car should, and when you look at it, you think, well, it's a it's a Lamborghini. It's a, it's based upon the streetcar, so on and so forth, and that's all well and good. But just stunningly impressed with its performance on the racetrack was Paul. And he said, you know, I'm sitting there comparing my my data with that of Bruno Giancara, and I know where I've got to go quicker. But it's just a matter of believing and trusting and pushing your way through. So when you look at these amateur drivers, drivers who don't make a living driving race cars out there running at the pace that they are, that's pretty impressive. It it really is. Think about what the speed is through the kink. I mean, when you think about the horsepower and the top speed of these cars, we'll have some more data on that for you. I'm going to get some speed charts from a couple of the teams. We saw a couple of big crashes there last year, didn't we, through the the kink in these cars. So uh, we'll be uh, hoping to avoid that. This time around. I remember going off in the kink in an IndyCar one year and didn't hit anything. And I, we were trying something, and it obviously didn't work. And you, you need good aerodynamics down there. And I, I just remember I just remember hitting the radio button after I went off and came back on. I came back on at the left-hand portion of the back straightaway just before Carisa, <laughs> the Canada corner. That's how far I bounded through the grass. And I hit the radio button and said, that didn't work. I'm coming in. And my voice was about that octave, too, because, yeah, kind of takes your breath away to you think about those speeds and there's really nowhere to go. And the kink is one of those corners, probably more so than any other around this racetrack. And, of course, you go through the carousel, which is pretty daunting as well but the kink is one of those corners that there comes a point in time where it's too late you know it you can think about it all you want and you can get in there but if it goes wrong past a certain point it's just too late and there's really nowhere to go they've pulled the walls back there over the years on the outside as well a little bit but it it's a commitment corner and it's one that you know is coming because you see it from the exit of the carousel and you can look up there and you've got time to probably take three or four deep breaths and go, hold your breath, 
Get your eyes to the apex nice and smooth with your hands. Try to get the car in there with minimal adjustments. It's right on the ragged edge in any car you drive. I think that's the other cool thing about this racetrack. Whether you drive it in a GT car or a high downforce car, whether it's a prototype or a formula car, the personality of the racetrack is pretty much the same. You get that inherent understeer push in certain places. You get that nice little rotation into the corner in certain places, the bump at the exit of 13 or at the entry down into 14, it's a bump for everybody. It's in the same place. It affects the car the same way, and it doesn't matter what you're driving. And when you look at the lap times, too, around here, remember that just because the lap time of a Lamborghini may not be the lap time of a prototype that you see in the WeatherTech series, you're still driving those cars at the limit. So when you're in them, the only thing that's different is you just have a little more time to think. And when I say a little more time to think, it's a few tenths of a second here, a few tenths of a second there. It's not that you have an eternity to get things done by any stretch of the imagination. No, that's right. And when you are driving more than one car on the same weekend, uh, particularly on a race track like this, uh, I, I would imagine that uh, you know you, you've got to be pay- you've got to be paying attention. You can't be thinking you're in the other car while you, when you're heading into into the kink because it might not be flat. It might be flat in one car and not the other. Well, and the other thing too is this is multi-class racing in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo Series. This is it, just like the WeatherTech Series, except the, all the cars are the same, but they're still in different classes. And we've seen, and we saw it at Watkins Glen. We were talking about Paul Tracy just a moment ago. And it, it's one of those deals where you have to understand what class you're running in. Paul Tracy, Stephen Agakani got together. And when you think about what that means points-wise, it means absolutely nothing for either one of them because they weren't racing in the same category. So in this class, even though you see all these Lamborghini Huracans out there, they're different classes, and you can see the different classes by a little diamond, a little triangle that's in the corner of the banner on the windshield, and that'll give you an idea of which class is which. And these drivers need to understand who they're racing with because what you're after is that championship at the end of the season for your class, and you've got to be strategic about that. And it's hard as a race car driver at times because you want to beat everybody that's on the racetrack. But if that car that's sitting beside you is effectively, quote, not there because it's in a different class, you've got to be careful about getting wrapped up into something that you don't need to get wrapped up in. Yeah, that's a very good point. And coming into this weekend, in each of the four different driver categories, we've got pros, pro-ams, ams, and LB Cup, Lamborghini Cup for drivers who with uh, little or no prior racing experience. Uh, in each of the categories now, most uh, in each of the categories, one driver or, or pair of drivers has a, a pretty handy lead in the pro category, Corey Lewis and Richie, Richie Antonucci. They've got a 16-point edge over Brandon Godovic and Connor Daly. Uh, Lewis of Antonucci driving number 29 car for tw- change racing. Uh, Godovic and Connor number 46 for PPM. 16-point advantage there in Pro-Am. The car number uh, 09 for Damon Oakey and Jake Edson. They've got a commanding 23-point advantage over William Hubble in the in the uh, number 69 car for prestige performance to uh, Wayne Taylor Racing. And Edson and Oakey there. Oki, their car is entered by U.S. Race Tronics. In AM, the change racing car number 63 of McKay Snow has a 11-point edge over Cameron Castles in the prestige performance WTR entry. Wayne Taylor Racing, that's car number 33. And in Lamborghini Cup, 
Mel, Gen Mel Johnson has won all four races for GMG Racing. That's car number uh, 63, isn't it? Where is he? Oh, 08, not even close. 08. That car's not been out yet this morning. Not quite sure why that would be. It is a bit early in the morning. I don't know whether there was, <laughs> there was an incident yesterday. There was a test day yesterday. I, wasn't, oh, I could, thought you were going to say it could be early in the morning and he's still well, having a that, coffee. That was my point. That was yeah, your point? That was my point. I thought I'd gloss over it as much as I could. Uh, but uh, Mel Johnson, he's, got, he's unbeaten this season, and he's got a a 23-point edge over Ashton Harrison and Stephanie Simo. Uh, they share, the two ladies share the prestige performance WTR car uh, in LB Cup. That is car number uh, 43. Uh, and so the, the, all of those four uh, categories have got a pretty handy lead now. So they, they, you know, with a, a third of the race season gone, we've got completed four races, 12 races in a championship. You're right. They've got to look at the big picture and just try and get uh, some good championship points rather than uh, going for the win. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and I was going to say, I mean, it, it is when you look at the schedule, you're sitting here going, wow, it's we just or into August now, you know, so we're yeah. in the second half of the year and the seasons be winding down. We're in the second half and it's like, no, we're not in the second yeah. half. We still have plenty to go. So yeah. you can hold on to that nice points lead right now, but it only takes a couple of bad weekends and the complexion changes completely. Shay Adam was just saying, um, certainly the zero eight car is in the paddock. They, she saw them yesterday over there. They're just not out on the racetrack this morning. Well, I'd say there was a test day yesterday, uh, so it could be that um, that uh, uh, that Mel, or whatever he's calling himself this weekend, because he races actually <laughs> under a pseudonym. Um, You're not is, supposed to uh, tell people is, <laughs> is, uh, is is having a nice little lie-in somewhere. I uh, hope that's the case, actually. But uh, but then again, qualifying will be taking place this time. When's qualifying? No, qualifying's later on today, isn't it? When's qualifying? No, it's tomorrow morning. It's tomorrow morning. Yeah, it's tomorrow morning. So, so to, the qualifying uh, so will be in these conditions. Indeed so. So, you know, it, it is very relevant right now, uh, the um, the uh, the conditions. Uh, up at the front, uh, we've got to the, the top two separated by only 15 thousandths of a second. Richie Antonucci has gone to the top for change racing. Car number 29, a 2 minutes 5.850. That is quicker than the race lap record around here, which was set by Shinya Michimi, actually back in 2016, at a 206.6. And we've got the top three drivers all quicker than that at the moment. Second fastest for Dream Racing Motorsport, car number 27, is from Monaco, Cedric Bergeoli in car number 27, a 2 minutes 5.865. Uh, now in third position, Andrea Amici, who was a pace setter early on for Prestige Performance, Wayne Taylor Racing. That's car number one, a 206.2. He improved last time around to jump up into third position, just ahead of uh, Connor Daly, who's also improved in the car number 46 for PPM. So the top four cars all now covered by about eight tenths of a second. And that's impressive when you think about the length of this racetrack to be within a second of each other on a long track like this. A tenth of a second here or there really adds up uh, down these long straightaways. You might be a tenth of a second being slow back to the throttle out of the final turn onto the front straightaway, out of turn three, that run down to turn five. It pays for a long time or it hurts you for a long time. If you don't get it done right, 
you pay a price. If you can get a little advantage on somebody, then you've got that advantage down those long, long straightaways. And so it's not at all uncommon to see a field separated by a little bit larger time margin than you're used to seeing. So the idea that those cars are that close is impressive. We were talking about Antonucci being down the order a little bit earlier on. You knew at some point in time he was going to move back towards the top of the charts. McKay Snow leading in the Amcor category right now. Yeah, and those, those top four cars, all in a pro category, all run by different teams. Uh, 29 is Change Racing, 27 is Dream Racing Motorsport, number one is uh, Prestige Performance Wayne Taylor Racing, and number 46 for Precision uh, Preparation Well, and you, you, you take the first two cars in AM, and that's McKay Snow and Stephen Agakani, and you add those a- ages up, and what do you get, Jeremy? Like, still half of yeah, ours? Yeah, not <laughs> Not very many. It's, it's the youth movement at the front of AM. It is, and super tight again. Uh, less than, well, just half a, half a tenth of a second in between uh, McKay Snow in Canada 63 and Stephen Agakani, who made a very impressive debut in the championship at Watkins Glen. He was too young to compete in the first races of the season at Barber Motorsports Park back in April. By, by about a week, his 16th birthday was about a week after. What were you driving uh, when you were 16? I was not driving when I was sixteen. I wasn't. I wasn't driving till I was. Uh, till I was, uh, I think seventeen was the. And it probably uh, was wasn't a Lamborghini Huracan. Probably wasn't a Lamborghini. No. No. Actually, <laughs> you're, you're sure Morris, it wasn't a Lamborghini? <laughs> yeah, exactly. My dad's Morris eleven hundred. It was at the time. <laughs> it had wheels. My first car was a Triumph Spitfire, which I bought for the Prince of Summer, two hundred and fifty pounds. Did it run? I was very pre- it I did, mean, I, there's so many, not, you know, we can bring all the long. Lucas jokes out. And not, not for very long. It blew, the engine blew up in, in, in about a week. I didn't, I'd spent all my money on, on in, well, the final pennies on insuring the car. Uh, and when the engine blew up, there, was, there weren't many options. So it, it was down to the local scrapyard. We what, bought, we bought what did you get old, for it? Well, no, 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 no. We, 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 I think I paid £10 for a replacement uh, engine, ah. which was out of a, it was out of a, I think it's out of a midget or something like that, an MG midget, something like that. It, it wasn't a uh, Spitfire engine. And, oh, no, it was a tri- Triumph Herald. It was a Triumph Herald engine. We put the engine in the car, thankfully. Th- my, my buddy Chris, thank you very much, Chris. Always re- we're grateful for that. And I, I ran the car for a few years, and it finally expired. Uh, and I sold it for £125. You <laughs> got something back from bucks. it. I did. I was very impressed. I mean, really, when you think about what you paid for it and what you got for it when you absolutely. turned it in for scrap. Absolutely. Because it had been sitting on... Uh, 100 and something on pound West- experience I, I, there. I, I, I also remain grateful to Lord Westminster because it was on his property in London that the car finally expired. And because it was private property, it couldn't be towed by the police. <laughs> <laughs> and it was there for several days before I figured out a way to uh, to, to remove it kind of like the my, scrapyard. Kind of like my 72 <laughs> Vega. Ah, Yes legendary mine was really fancy though it was the kind with the trunk it wasn't even the cool hatchback and it was an automatic transmission it wasn't even manual so yeah it was embarrassing but you know what it was a car i'm sure i've ever owned actually an automatic car i think all my cars have always been manual shift yeah uh in lb cup it's still number 22 car that leads uh, the way uh, Chad Reed is driving that car at the moment. Uh, yeah, the motocross legend uh, Chad Reed. I think it was Justin Price who was out in the car early in the session um, to to set that time. A two minutes ten point seven eight nine is quickest in LB Cup. 
Uh, but actually, as I say that, Edge Ashton Harrison goes to the top in car number 43. She's taken over from her teammate Stephanie Simo. And Ashton, who has a reasonable amount of experience, mainly in uh, Mazda MX-5 uh, Global Cup series over the last couple of years. She goes to the top now in LB Cup with a 2 minutes 10.5. So a couple of tenths quicker than Chad Reed and Justin Price. Justin Price making his return to the series this season. He, he raced the car uh, last year. Uh, had a, uh, Did most races, not all of the races last year, but did most of the races last season. And um, Justin is from Atlanta, Georgia. He was actually one of the co the co-founders of Mountain Motorsports, which is a a uh, say a power sports dealer, I guess, all sorts of uh, jet skis and and what have you, along with uh, with um, Ryan Hardwick. You know, Ashton Harrison and Stephanie Simo had a good performance at Watkins Glen. The car was quick; they ran well. Didn't finish where they wanted to, but had talked to them in the paddock and. Bumped into them as they stood there with Tom Long, who good sports car driver that we've seen in the prototype category of WeatherTech, certainly in the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series as well. And everybody anymore in motorsports uses coaches. And we talked that at Watkins Glen. And it's Tom Long came in and has kind of worked with them a little bit and kind of changed their direction of thinking and helped them think about how they're approaching the car and working with them on some setup stuff as well and really seemed to work. And people are surprised about that a lot when you talk about it from outside a motorsports perspective. They're like, really? How do you how do you have coaches? And it's like I said, Tiger Woods has a coach. You know, somebody helps him with his golf swing. And, you know, quarterbacks have coaches. And Tom Brady, I'm sure, works with somebody to make sure that his throwing motion is always the same and that you can be consistent. And that's what you need in motorsports. You need that consistency. And, yes, between the ears as well. Thank you very much, Eve. Yeah, and, and it, it's one of those things when, as a driver, if you have someone to go to and say, hey, I'm confused yeah. about this, I'm struggling with this, you know, this bothers me, so on and so forth. If that person has the experience to help you from the mechanical side of things, if that person has the experience to help you saying, hey, I've been there, I've seen that, I, I've experienced what you're experiencing, and this is how I overcame that, that is a huge help. And I think back in the day, 30, 40 years ago, people didn't do that. And it really kind of started coming into vogue in probably the late 80s, early 90s, and then has just exploded over the last decade or so. Yeah, and well, you'll find almost everybody that, in the paddock with one. I would say less than that, five, five years or so, it's really exploded, hasn't it? Uh, and everybody doing it now. Uh, no change at the top. It's still number 29 car at the top of the time. Cheats with, with six and a half minutes remaining in this first official practice session of the weekend for the Lamborghini Super Trofeo. Two minutes, 5.850. Second fastest remains Cedric Zbirozwali, car number 27. Third fastest, though, is a new name up there now. Patrick Liddy in car number 34. That's one of the U.S. Race Tronics entries. Patrick Liddy, 21-year-old from... Pasadena, California. He'll uh, be yeah, his birthday is next week. I'll be 22 next week. Uh, Patrick, he's a, a political science and philosophy major at the uh, U the University of California at Santa Barbara. Yeah, bright young man is Patrick. Also a heck of a race driver as well. He's within two tenths of a second of the fastest time overall. So that's a really good effort by Patrick Lydia to get up into third place. Now up into fourth goes Jake Edson. Uh, also in a U.S. Racetronics entry. That's kind of a 0-9. That is fastest of the Pro-Am contenders. Jake has just got behind the wheel of that car after it was driven for most of the session by his co-driver Damon, Damon Oakey. 
And Jake up, uh, Edson now in column zero now up to fourth position, 206.1. Uh, and, and that's not far off the fast lap well, overall. that's where I was going yeah. with this one because uh, he's in fourth position. Number five car, that was Andrea Amici who set that time. Sandy Mitchell uh, from Scotland is now driving that car at the moment. In kind of one, he's turned a, a 206.2. And Brandon Godovic and Connor Daly in kind of a 46 are sixth fastest at a 206.3. That's a half a second covering the top six cars around a four-mile racetrack. That is super tight. Yeah, and Paolo Roberte now in the 27 for Spears Wally. It's interesting to kind of watch how, as we talked about, yeah. which driver was going to get in and who was going to get the most time. Um, and obviously, you look at the zero nine 9 and Jake Edson saying, hey, Oki needs more time than I do. Let him go out in the beginning. Let him get the time in, and I'll jump in and towards the end and get a couple of laps in and make sure that that everything that he's worked on and that the balance of the car is where it needs to be. Because remember, once again, tomorrow morning, qualifying and there'll be two qualifying sessions and it's going to happen same time of day so you want to know I would imagine if I were a team I think I would have put my drivers in this morning in the exact same order that I'm going to put them in and qualifying tomorrow so that they're literally experiencing the most similar conditions that they can yeah you're right and for the drivers going out second you know the the, the track conditions will be slightly different from from the from the first session because there'll be a little bit more rubber laid down uh, when they get behind the wheel for their 15-minute uh, uh, qualifying tomorrow morning. So I completely agree with you there. And we talked about the fact there's there's four categories of drivers here. We're running the same, the same car, the Lamborghini Super Trofeo Evo, uh, but uh, Uracan uh, Super Trofeo Evo. But of the of the four categories of drivers, the pro and the pro am have to be two drivers in each at uh, the wheel of each of those cars uh, so sharing the car during uh, during the races either in am and lb cup it's a choice you can have single drivers uh, as they uh, all are in am or normally or all are in am yeah they are this weekend uh, uh, and in lb cup there's just the there's, there's uh, a couple that are being shared Actually, three this three, weekend because yeah. number twenty-two car is in LB Cup this weekend. That's Justin Price and Chad Reed, uh, Stefan Simo and Ashton Harrison sharing number forty-three car, and Jeffrey Cheng and making his debut this weekend. Thomas Lovelady will be sharing car number eighty-eight for GMG. Good to see Jerry Kraut making a, a comeback in this series for this weekend. He's Jerry races uh, regularly in the LMP3 Cup Series, Michelin Cup Series in Europe these days but jerry is from uh minnesota so not a million miles away from from here and he's it's, another uh, guy who'll drive anything yeah exactly he will uh, particularly he's <laughs> been uh, around for a while he and has he thoroughly has. enjoys his racing yeah he made his debut he's only, he's only done four starts here in the past he made his debut here at road america in this championship back in 2016 and uh it's uh, i know he, he he enjoys driving just about anything, anywhere, any opportunity he can. But he's a busy man. He's got a he's a successful businessman as well. So you know, his uh, opportunities to get behind the wheel aren't as as great as, as many as he would like. Well, but certainly he's going to take, take any chance he can to race here at Road America. And the great thing is, whether he races a prototype challenge car here or a P3 car in Europe, the cars are the same, 
And so he's got that consistency going and based upon what his business is doing at the time gives him the opportunity to say, well, I've got time. I'll go across the pond and race or I'll stay close to home and run here. Saw Jerry a lot in the Prototype Lights Championship a few years ago. And as I said, very experienced in all types of cars, whether they be GT-based or prototype-based, more aerodynamic cars. Improvement there for McKay Snow in car number 63. Still fastest of the AMs, but now by a little bit more of a margin over Stephen Agakandi in car number 6. So number 63 of McKay Snow, 207.8. Agakandi, 208.2. And third fastest, Sam, remains Cameron Castles, uh, who set that time very early in this session in car number 33, a 208.4. So again, just half a second between those top three drivers in AM. Sheena Monk up into fourth position in AM. And Jerry Kraut rounds out that uh, Sheena Monkey car number seven, and Jerry Kraut in car number fifty-three uh, rounds out that uh, Am contingent. He's driving a car this weekend for Prestige Performance. And we were talking about Jake Edson in the zero nine going out and laying that lap down the two oh six one that he did, and then came back into the pit so effectively he did two laps i think he's back in the pit lane i don't know if they've had a problem or they said okay yeah it's it's right i think he's probably happy, i think, yeah, happy I think it's that one yep. yeah, yeah, unfortunately, there's only two pro-am cars this weekend uh, we've had we had uh, uh, three last time out with uh, brad baker and bruno junquera sharing a crash one two three there were four last time out weren't there check and flag is out on the session that went by quickly. And I'm sure for a lot of the drivers, they feel like it did too. We talked about the number of laps. The most laps I see right now is 15 that have been put in. 16, there's 16. Um, and so you really think about how that gets split. Some of those are out and in laps, so they're not full laps. just depends on how many times you've been into the pit lane. So it's not like you're doing lap after lap after lap. You for the sake of easy math, you split 16 by 2. That just means each driver got to go into each corner eight times effectively. And that's not a long look at things here on a racetrack like this. Car 43 with a pit lane speed violation is checker flag falls. What a way to start the day at Road America. The sound of those thundering Lamborghini Huracans through the hills and valleys here at Road America. What an awesome place to be. What an awesome sight. And the weather should be spectacular all weekend long, John. Thank you very much, Brian and Jeremy. Absolutely brilliant way to start the day, as Brian was saying. And remember that you can see, as well as here, the Lamborghini Super Trofeo races uh, all year long via IMSA.tv. Whether you're here in the States or further afield, uh, then there's no blocks, no brakes. And all of the Cup Series races for IMSA and the single manufacturer races, the single mark races, are all live uh, without any geo block uh, from whichever circuit we're at when there's a WeatherTech event on with our commentary from Trackside via IMSA.tv or, of course, the IMSA app, which if you haven't already downloaded, you should do now. It's free. It, it is free to download. It's free to use. We don't ask you for any money. And we've got a player, too, for the video and the sound over on RadioLamont.com. Last couple of cars have just come through the chequered flag with no improvement. The only one improving right at the end was the 24 LB Cup car, 
uh, which moved down to uh, 213, 227. Good enough for 18th position overall and 6th in class. Jeremy and Brian with the rest of the action from the Lamborghini Super Trofeo throughout the rest of the weekend here from Road America. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.